heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we are live on YouTube, everybody. Welcome to episode number 62 of YWC Football Talk. It's just the kid, Big Ryan and I, for now. Bobby Gross will be here sometime soon. But you know what, man? It is uh, – I'm also going to fix this quickly, too, just so we can get, you know, even feel pitcher and pitcher, just you and I, man. But you're always here, but you're here today because of a big game play you're playing tomorrow, though. Uh, how are we feeling about that? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be – I'm really excited. Um, it's <clears> – you know, it's – Super Bowl, it's always fun. Uh, I was actually last week. I kind of like took a step back from the coverage of it a little bit. I think I was a little burnt out uh, just because like we had so many games this year. It's the same amount of games, but it's spread out over more days because more games are scheduled to Tuesday and Wednesday. Bobby, hey Bobby. And, oh God, when is what up? What up? <laughs> we're. Dude, I was just I'm, saying. I'm still bad at technology. You're good, man. It's all good. Got a rep. I got a rep. That's how it is. The Super Bowl should be fun. Are though. we it's live just... right now on YouTube? Yeah, we're live on YouTube. It's full go, bro. The the sh- the the game should be fun. Oh, in essence. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's gonna be a fun game. Uh, but there is the elephant in the room. I don't know if you saw too much into the whole stuff with uh, Brett Reed, Andy's kid, what happened last night in Kansas City with the car accident and everything. So hopefully – I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I just hope that everyone that was involved with that is okay, even though there is the incidences where they have two young kids have to go to the hospital. But let's just hope the whole situation solves itself out. And also it's just a reminder, hey, don't don't drink and drive. Or, I think he was on pills or something as well. So just be sober when you drive. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, before we get to Super Bowl, Bobby, I got to ask you, man, what are we thinking about Nick Sirianni right now? Um, yeah, that's something, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> honestly, at this point, like, um, I'm just this is just a transition period for us. Like, I don't think he's gonna um, win at the Super Bowl. It's more like, okay, it's worked out. But there's so much work to be done that uh, it's I, – I don't have the confidence right now. But, I mean, that can change. We'll see what happens with Wentz, who he goes to, because I think he's I think he's gone. I don't think we're going to keep him. So you think it'll be like a two- to three-year experiment and then he's kind of out kind of thing? I think he's frozen on us right now. But... Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. Be there? Oh, he's uh, he's gone for a second, but but yeah, I, I get, I, I kind of understand what he's saying in terms of like transitioning to this new era, new period. You know, the Wentz thing is it's changed a lot. Like I was on your show a few weeks back, and we all kind of agreed like them hiring Sirianni probably means they're going to keep him because he's the Frank Reich disciple. They're essentially trying to recreate the Frank Reich Carson Wentz offense just without Frank Reich. And I think I do think from what I've read, it seems like that was their plan. But it seems like he's still kind of like Deshaun Watson. It's kind of like he's still mad at them. 
Um, I guess for whatever reason, for the benching, for how the year went, whatever the presence of Jalen Hurts, whatever it is. Uh, but it's, from what I've read, like they, they kind of do want to keep him, but he wants out. And if it gets to the point where teams offer them like first and stuff like that, it's going to be hard for them to say no. So, yeah, it, what I wanted to ask Bobby whenever he comes back is, like, are they going to just run with Hurts or are they going to draft another quarterback? Because they picked him pretty high. Yeah, they picked him, I believe, 52nd or 53rd was the pick because they took Rieger with the pick. And something that always sticks out to me was Chris Spielman and, like, Mike Zimmer being like, oh, they're taking Jefferson. And then as soon as they didn't take Jefferson, it's just them laughing, being like, yeah, we're uh, we're taking Justin Jefferson. Okay, we're going to reach just to get on another. We're trying to get Bobby back in here, guys. We had some technical issues. But uh, he is back once again now. There's Bobby Gross. We have uh, Randy also commenting. But, yeah, so – you only think Sirianni is going to be like a two to three year higher kind of thing? Like he'll probably be out by 23. Oh, shit. Hold on. Let's just figure out the standby, folks. It's live. Anything. Oh, he's in and out. He's like, like you said before, like Madison's regard makes a Nick Foles joke, comes in and out. But it probably, it probably would be a two to three year thing if I'll give my input while we wait this whole thing out. Uh, because you got to wonder, I know Howie Roseman has like 10 lives, but how long, like, can Roseman really go, like, can, can he survive, like, another five years of this, you know? So that, that kind of ties him with Sirianni a little bit, I would think. Because I know Eagles fans, and especially this Eagles fan at the bottom of my screen, probably wants Howie Roseman fired, like, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, he's overstayed his welcome. And the, the one thing that I really hate when, you know, it's not just the Eagles, it's any team that, you know, fire the coach and they keep the general manager. Usually, yeah. I mean, it just – most of the time it doesn't work out. It's either you clean house or you, you, you re, retool the general manager. I don't like firing the coach and keeping the GM because most of the time the coach fails because GM didn't bring that team to where it needed to be roster-wise. So I, I don't know how Roseman still has a job at this point. He, he's going to be around forever. Like he, he's, he's going to be like the Brian Cashman of the NFL at this point. I have no idea. Although Cashman is actually competent. Howie Roseman needs to go. I don't, I don't get it. He, he must have some dirt on uh, Jeffrey Lurie that he saw the job. I, I have no idea. Was it, was it Howie's yacht in uh, South Florida that they fired Doug on? Is that the reason why? Or <laughs> It could have been. It could have been. I have no idea. Like if anybody has any better ideas, please let me know. Because I, I have zero clue. Zero so, clue. Bobby, I want to ask you, uh, like, I'm sure you've talked about this with Griff, and I've seen you talk about this on Twitter before. Like, mm -hmm. to I, – I, I think me and Griff understood, like, why Peterson was let go, and it's, like, not a big controversy. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that see the Eagles. They see the Super Bowl run. And they just mm -hmm. presume that buys you, like, minimum, like, five years, you know, because that because that is such a different accomplishment than just making the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, Harper. Like, we forget about it now. People were speculating about John Harbaugh being moved on from Baltimore and right. until Lamar Jackson came in, and they kept using that 2012 Super Bowl as a reason to keep him, and it ended up working out. So at what point for you as a fan did that, like, bloom off the rose come with both Doug and Howie? For sure. More, more so, like, Peterson, because I thought that I, I was never truly sold as, on him as a coach. I mean, he came from Kansas City. He didn't really have much experience. Um, but it's the Andy Reid coaching tree. So anybody who comes from Andy Reid is going to probably get hired at one point. Um, but Roseman, the problem with Roseman is he's really relies on the veterans. 
So if he likes somebody, he will just keep keep them on the team. Like Vinny Curry, right? Vinny Curry had no purpose of being on this team. He We got rid of him, I think, last season. He went to Tampa Bay, and then he came back for whatever reason. Meanwhile, we have guys like Derek Barnett, Malik Jackson, all these guys on the defensive line, but he keeps bringing these guys back because they were on that Super Bowl team. Um, like this past season, we, we re-signed Jordan Howard when he couldn't find a team. Um, th- I think that's the problem with Roseman, and he just screwed up our cap. Totally screwed it up. Um, because we're signing these guys to these big contracts, we're restructuring, we're pushing the money along. At one point, it's going to come back to haunt us, and it's going to come back to haunt us in the this next season. Um, Peterson, listen, I wish the guy the best. He won us a Super Bowl. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he, he struggled these past two seasons and I'm glad that we didn't wait as long because you saw what Green Bay did with Mike McCarthy. Um, they won the Super Bowl and they just kept him around and then they finally got rid of him and look what he's doing in Dallas. Nothing. So they wasted, they wasted like three years of Rogers that they could have had with someone else. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, listen, Peterson... Maybe it was just because he couldn't coach Wentz anymore because the team definitely looked better with Jalen Hurts uh, offensively. They were that the offense, at least, was looking better. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it's one of those things where we're just so screwed right now. Peterson was miserable this past season. So just let the guy go. Um, try to figure out what we're going to do going forward. And we'll see what happens. Uh Next, the next domino is going to be Carson Wentz. Like, where is he going to go? Um, I actually just saw something on Twitter before that there's a proposal. Apparently, this is a rumor that the Bears are going heavy in on Carson Wentz. And guess who is coming back to Philadelphia? My boy, Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, back in Philadelphia. Let's go. I mean, they have a fucking statue of him. So it makes sense. Bring him back. Bring him back. There is nothing I would love more than him in Philly again. Because that's the last narrative that Danny and Bobby have. Okay, he's terrible everywhere, oh, but at man. least he's good in Philly. So let's let's fight that one, too. Let me he's, just good at, like, he's only good at Lincoln Financial. Is that correct? <laughs> not, listen, there's something about being a Philadelphia Eagle with Nick Foles. It brings the best out of him. It's unexplainable. It's absolutely unexplainable. I, I, and I, I, it, it, it's just the truth. Well, it's, it's, so, it's the truth. Okay, well, there's a reason. In How about in 2014 when he was outplayed by Mark Sanchez? That's the part of his Philly career no one talks about. In the 2014 season, he was outplayed by Sanchez, and that's why they traded him to the Rams. We traded, we traded, we traded him because the poor guy, he he just needed a break. What okay. we do, and this is a Howie Roseman special too. <laughs> this is a Howie Roseman special. He gets rid of some of these guys, and then we bring them back. He brings them back. So that's what happened. He got brought back. He won us the Super Bowl. And listen, I'm not saying if if Foles comes back to Philly. <laughs> That he's going to start over Jalen Hurts. That's not going to happen. (laughs) Listen, it's not. If if it does, so what? Who cares? We're not winning anything. So it's it is what it is. Um, As far as I'm concerned, Nick Foles has a job in Philadelphia for as long as he wants. I don't care. Let him be the second or third string. That's fine with me. 
just remember viewing audience, Bobby, like two minutes ago, just ranted about how they keep bringing back these older players from that Super Bowl team. And now we're going to bring back the quarterback. So Trey Burton's yes. coming back too. <laughs> listen, listen. Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady on that day. All right. Sure. He he has a job. Vinny Curry, who the fuck cares about Vinny Curry, right? Who cares about Jordan Howard? These guys that were around. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Uh, who else can we get rid of? Uh, just get rid Jeffrey. of the whole team. I don't really care, Jeffrey. honestly. Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, exactly. Zach Ertz. I love you, buddy, but you're washed. Get out. Um, you know, we got Dallas Goddard, who's a stud. I yeah. love Dallas Goddard. He can be the number one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if wherever Wentz goes, Ertz goes too. Uh, it makes a lot of sense if the Jets don't get uh, Watson. They turn to a guy like Carson Wentz and Ertz. I know Danny wants uh, Zach Ertz on the, on the squad. Danny, yeah. take Carson Wentz. He's yours, buddy. I'll take, I'll take a few of your picks. Let's go. I'm fine with that. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense to trade Wentz and Ertz too, because a lot of these teams that want Wentz, they need tight ends too. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Give me, give me Nick Foles though. Trade, go to Chicago. Let me get Nick Foles and call it a day. I'll be happy. Uh, another team I always said just because of the connection was the Colts potentially going after Carson Wentz just because of that Frank Wright connection. That's something I've always personally believed. And the fact too that, hey, look, Wentz was an MVP when uh, Wright was, was coached. So like it goes back to like what you said. Hey, Peterson may not have been the guy. They should have kept Frank Wright around. But if Wentz go, like I think India is a very sleeper team for my opinion. But I feel like if Wentz were to go to, like, the Jets, I don't know if Ertz would follow him. I feel like Ertz is trying to chase another, like, ring, if you will. As we have a question from a get from a gal, actually. Uh, Bobby, you want to answer that? Um, I can't. Let me see. Okay, let's see. Who frustrated Bobby Moore, Chip Kelly or Andy Reid? Um, that's a tough question. I would say Chip Kelly, just because we actually um, consistently won for a while with Andy Reid. Towards the end, it was bad. Um, but Chip Kelly, it was one of those things where, like, you go into the league for the first year and teams don't know what to do, and that's what happened. So once teams got the tape in the second, third year, it we were done. It, it's a one-season game plan. and uh, But, you know, Andy Reid's still my guy. Like, uh, I'll always appreciate what he did in Philly. It, again, it's kind of like Doug Peterson. It was a mutual thing. It needed to happen. Um, I wish he had won a Super Bowl in Philly, but, um, you know, I wish him the best. Chip Kelly can go fuck himself, though. That, that's straight up. Uh, I, I wish him the worst. Yeah, because Reed made it to three straight NFC Championship games, right, in 03, 04, and 05? I think it was four, no? It was, it was four. Or, or, it was, four to- or yeah. it was four total. Yeah, because they played the Cardinals in 2008. Yeah. Right. Yeah, three, uh, three in a row, four in total. He he's a great coach, and he's always been a great coach. It just came to a point where, like, we hit the ceiling with him. Uh, it wasn't going to work out. And you know what? He's got probably – it's going to – Mahomes is going to be, like, the best quarterback of all time when everything's said and done. Like, this, this dude is unbelievable. Um, I like Tom Brady, but it, Mahomes is just on a different level. Uh, I hope uh, you don't have anything to say about that, Griff. Uh, but it is, it is what it is. Griff is, is going to root for the Bucks tomorrow, I think. Oh, of course. Uh, I'm, 
I'm not rooting. For, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not rooting for the Bucs. I'm rooting for Tom to win. Kind of like, you know, how LeBron fans kind of don't care about how yeah, like, how the Lakers, yeah. what the Lakers yeah. do, but they want to see him win. I'm the same. Like, I want to – and that kind of gives away who I'm picking. But I'm rooting for Tom. Uh, but, no, I do agree with Bobby in the sense of, look, I think at the end of the day, will Mahomes catch Brady with six or potentially seven rings? Wait to be seen. But when it's all said and done, I think that athleticism-wise and stats-wise, it won't shock me if Mahomes does pass to like guys like Brady and Breeze one day because those are like the kings right now for most of the uh, most notable quarterback stats. Like I know Big Rat, you pay attention to like some of the stuff that's like goes a little bit under the radar. But when it comes to stuff like passing touchdowns, yards, like all that stuff, I think Mahomes eventually will be the leader of those categories one day. Um, but we actually have another fan question. Miguel, once again, he wants to ask Big Rat, uh, what are your memories of watching the FIU-Miami fight? It was kind of scary, uh, to be honest with you. Like, I was really young when it happened. I was only 12 years old, and I was watching it with my older brother. And my older brother at the time actually had a few friends that were on the UM team. And more than anything, it was just kind of scary. Like, just, like, like, not really sure, like – how it was going to end up. Obviously both teams had an insane amount of suspensions. It was scary. Like, I don't know, like watching, watching a brawl develop like that, like, and just how protracted it is and on both teams. And there was just like no control. Like, like it was getting way out of hand. It was genuinely scary. I thought someone was like going to get seriously hurt. Like, so it was, yeah, it was not, it was not a fun experience at all. And that's why UM and FIU didn't play again for years because both administrations were terrified about something like that happening. And then two years ago, we played in the Orange Bowl, and uh, FIU kicked our ass because Manny Diaz is a horrible coach. That's all. Hey, at least Baker's That's gone. Now. I don't think I've had you back on since Baker's been. That, that, with that, now. that was great news. That was a very good development for UM's defense. But their problems aren't just schematic. They're prob- like When they give up 700 yards to UNC, it wasn't just because of X's and O's. It was because the team came out flat and totally unemotional, which we've talked about this before on the show. Like In the NFL, these are professionals. They're getting paid and all this and that. But these college kids, they can sometimes show up flat if they're not properly motivated enough and there's not a voice that's raising them up. And that happens so often in college. And it happens so often with Manny's teams where they just come out flat and they totally fall apart. Exactly, because the ACC this year, with the amount of uh, talent Clemson's losing, it's pretty open season, in my opinion, for right now. But like any, any, there's any team that can kind of rise up and win it. Um, I just gonna go through some other questions here. I see both because there's another one for you, but one yeah. that yes, I think it's related to me is that are we getting Jimmy G? Which personally, I want to get your guys' opinion on this, but I think Jimmy G in New England is the best fit right now because I'm like. Cam's one of those guys where I'm like, you know what? Thank you for your service, but like what Bobby said about Zach Ertz, where he's like. I liked you. You were you were okay, but now I kind of I want you gone. Like obviously, Ertz wasn't just okay. Ertz was one of the greatest tight ends for the Philadelphia Eagles history. But when it comes to quarterbacking, I would like Jimmy G personally, but I think he, he's probably a bridge at best. Like I'm not going to get him and go, yeah, we're going to win like five Super Bowls in the next six years. No, but we'll wait and see. Um, that's just the one thing I want to get off my chest. But if you were asking me, I personally want Jimmy on the Patriots. I. Uh- I, I was I, I haven't talked about this in the show at this point. I was not a fan of I was not a fan of the Patriots getting Stafford. Um, like, it's not like necessarily like a full on critical. Okay, uh, Big Rat had to step out quickly just to go get something else because um, he told me about this before. He had to step up because he has to go uh, take care of something around the house quickly. But all right, 
I'll take the floor, Big Rick. Don't worry about it, Rick. Well, I got you. That's why I want to join here, man. I had to get some of the big, not just like close people, but like the biggest personalities. I was supposed to get Danny as well, but the guy's in Atlantic City this weekend. So, of course he is. Of course he is. That guy yeah. is probably he, he's going to be. I just I don't. They don't smoke in the casinos anymore. But he would be the one guy tomorrow to be like in the sports lounge, smoking a cigar, placing his sports bets. That's the kind of guy Danny is. Uh, um. But yeah, Jimmy G to the Patriots makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. the, the familiarity there. Um, Belichick obviously likes the the guy, and I kind of see it. If they were to sign him, I kind of see it as like the kind of uh, golf to the to the Lions thing, where he's a transitional quarterback. Um, I don't think the the Lions really believe in the guy. It's just like, okay, we'll take him back. We're not going to win, um, but if we get the the draft picks. It's the same thing. Like it works out for that because Stafford was he hit a ceiling there in Detroit. Like that that team is just never gonna go to the Super Bowl with him. So if you were to just get rid of him and get some picks, it's it's the same difference. Um, but Jimmy G, man, uh, he had so much promise. I don't know what happened to the guy. Like just all the injuries have run down. Um, I don't think. Scheme. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but the, the good thing about this offseason is there's a ton of quarterbacks available. So if it's not Jimmy G, there's like ten other guys that the Patriots could get. But I do agree. I I think Cam Cam is gone. I don't think he resigns with the Patriots. I still think there's a very underrated chance he goes to Washington and reunites with Ron Rivera. But that's just that's just me. Um, another question I saw here well two questions actually that because I want to get Big Rat's opinion on one is about Tua from Randy and the other one well besides Danny's coming in here saying they live rent free in our heads <laughs> is um, do you and I want Bobby's opinion on this as well about do we think college players will get some payment for the new EA Sports college football game I mean I would think they would have to right because what's the is it California that said like the, the players have to be paid now or something like that I know there was one state that passed the legislation. Yeah, but there's also, I believe California was one of the first ones to like make it official in their legislation. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're still trying to get something nationally though. Um, in terms yeah. of like universal name name nil, they just call it nil name image and likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to <clears throat> universalize that because for you know because otherwise like you can't have you can't have the names on the back of the jerseys. Now most fans will just look up the roster numbers and figure it out, but. Like, they wouldn't have that in the game without that. So, I, well, the, the game is not coming out for a while, from what I read. It's yeah. not until, like, 2022. Uh, so, they'll give them time. They'll, like, sort out the legal stuff, but I'm not so sure. Well, I would think, like, included in that legislation, there would have to be something about image and likeness and video games or something like that. If yeah. this were ever to happen. So, if that were the case, you know, you have certain states that have this kind of law. Um, are you just going to put the players that play in those states in the game itself and everybody is kind of like a, a creator wrestler or something like that. Well, uh, I think I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Well, one thing to note, and someone pointed this out is the game used to be called NCAA college football. And mm. the fact that the NCAA's name is not like specifically not on this one could mean oh. that the NCAA like is not involved, does not approve, etc. And so that could maybe mean that there's some revenue that will accrue that would not have happened under the NCAA purview. Uh, 
that that that's interesting. That's int- I mean, I've never played the the college football games because I really there was like a span of three years where I, I cared about college football, and that was Penn State. And uh, right after that was the whole scandal, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't do this anymore. Um, so I, I kind of gave up on college football. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's EA is making the game though, and those Madden games have just been like phoned in the past few years. So maybe they actually give a fuck this time around with college football. I don't know. They're probably going to for the first one. I feel like they're going to go all out. They're going to get like Fowler and Herb Street, or at least I hope to be the announcers for it because like Bobby's right with Madden. Like we don't like we Brandon Godden, who I had no idea who he was before the Madden games. Um, but yeah, like even too, I bought Madden 21 on black Friday for like 45 bucks. And I noticed 20 and 21 are pretty much identical. There's some features that they changed yeah. up for the most parts. Some years they'll do it too, where they overcomplicate it with Madden, where it'll be like they'll make kicking like like they'll change it from one year where it's like you know how now it's like the pinwheel where you go up, you press it, and then you come back down to try to get your aim right. Like I remember in years past when it would be good as that, but then it would they would change it the next year where it would just be overly complicated. So that's my only hope for the game is that they don't get too complacent with it. That they you know what each year they kind of treat it and just make it better and better as the years go on. Yeah, but I think the real hope here is that somehow the ESPN 2K series comes back. Like, can that just happen already? Because 2K5 is unbelievable. Like, that is my favorite football game of all time. Yeah, it's like even back in the early days with NBA with their 2K games, like how they keep developing it. Yeah, it, it's 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 like I don't even I don't even bother with Madden anymore. It's just it's just roster changes yeah, I, and that's about it. I don't either. I, I kind of. Now I kind of get like a little bit of a nostalgic kick playing older Maddens. Um, so I do that from time to time. Like Falcons era Michael Vick is a lot of fun to play with. Oh, but, yeah, that's good. But like the – yeah, the new stuff is just – like maybe in five years I'll grow to appreciate it when some of these guys are out of the league. Like playing with – like a good example is 2012 RG3 also. is like a lot of fun to play with on Madden. And like that's the kind of thing that you can appreciate more in hindsight. So – you know, something stuff like that. I will grow grow to like with time. Exactly. Well, the problem is too is that you know I'm not a big gamer, so like most of these newer games are. I mean, the PS4 is already kind of out of date. Everything's gonna be made for PS5. So it's like unless I get a PS5 and then play the games, it's gonna be like playing PS3 games three years ago when they were making them for PS4. So there, there's no real purpose. I'm not the. Uh, the targeted audience for the college football game. So it is what it is. You'll, you'll probably still have a mix, I think, of like younger younger kids playing it. And then you'll also have uh, older, like older coming back to play NCAA, the generation who grew up on those games. Like that's, that's, that's just what I think. But I never really played the NCAA games because I didn't really get too much into college football until about three or four years ago. But I'll still play the new one whenever it comes out. And also, I like hearing that it's not until 22 because I don't have to shell out the money for a PS5 immediately. I get to wait wait a little bit when, it, you know, the price drops on it. Are, are people getting the PS5 yet, or is it kind of like the limited stock still? That I, not, I'm not 100% sure about. Okay, yeah, because I know it was, like, impossible to find months ago. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not really up to date with that kind of stuff. Well, I, I have no idea. Yeah, but I know. They, you know I remember, like, I remember seeing like Walmart, Target, Amazon, Best Buy, like all sold. Like it, they would come up and then they would just go. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the chat. You know, Miguel and uh, Danny are having a real ball in there. Um, you know, one of these days, uh, Grip, you got to arrange for like 
a big uh, YWC football extravaganza show where we can just rag on each other because you know they, they can be big in the chat but let's see him come on to stream yards we've got seven months that's just, that's the only sad part about tomorrow is we've got seven months between the like tomorrow's kickoff to the next season so believe me when i say this but i have got some stuff planned i need like we did it before bobby um for our christmas episode it was myself big rat danny matt beast and phil all five of us we weren't live or anything, but I recorded the Skype combo and I uploaded it. And it was some of the most fun we had. So I got to get stuff like that going, like whether it's for the draft. It was a really good time. Yeah. It was a really good time. Just like the whole the whole show, start to finish. It was yeah, it was great. But then I'm just saying this with the season ending, we can have episodes where we just go on and like just do, throw crazy takes out and like agree and disagree and like talk about the league as a whole. So like we got we got a lot planned. Um but going back to the <laughs> question, from before, there was one question before that was uh, answered. Yeah, I'm getting back to that right now, Miguel. Was uh, uh, Randy Oscar, good friend of the show, asking uh, your opinion on what's going on with Tua? Like, do you think he'll get traded or not? Yeah, I before I stepped out, I was also <laughs> talking about like the the Stafford quarterback thing. Just on that, it was it was just it was just that he has a tent like. His decision-making could sometimes be streaky, and that's the kind of stuff that Belichick doesn't like. Like, the rumor was that Belichick really didn't want Jameis Winston because the interceptions, he just he just can't. Like, he cannot tolerate that. And there's just some of that in Stafford. He tends to kind of make dumb throws in certain times of the game. I don't think that would have been as clean as people thought, and it would have been expensive to get him. So I think they're better off, whether it be Jimmy G or someone else, I think, or draft either. That will be a better use of resources than sending two first to get Stafford and then not having a great team around him necessarily. So I, I was a fan of that. But Before you get into two, I just want to step in quickly and say this as well, because I found a new draft podcast, two for one drafts from Pro Football Focus, really good guys. Um, and they were on the Patriots podcast that I associate with from time to time on here. And they were saying how with 15, like don't get someone just because they're good. Like how, you know, some quarterbacks can be drafted and developed later on. So like say a 15 comes in, like Justin Fields is already gone. Trey Lance is already gone. Wilson's probably already gone too. I'd rather get like, a defensive edge, defensive edge who, you know what you can get the high level talent for that in the uh, first round rather than like the second or the third round. That's, that's just my opinion on it, but I'll back to you for two. Yeah. Premium positions, cornerbacks, edge rushers, tackles, you know, that that's how, Brian Flores and Chris Greer, like Brian Flores, a Belichick disciple, their extra first round picks last year. It's not a coincidence. They took quarterback, they took a left tackle, and they took a cornerback. Like that was very much by design. Yeah. So they'll keep those themes. And uh, Tua, so I, <clears throat> I don't think so. I think as the days go by where there's no Deshaun Watson deal, it's less and less likely that it happens to the Dolphins. Um, it seems it would seem to me that the Texans are going to try to keep him. I think they're going to dare – I mean, Danny have been saying this for weeks on Twitter. I think they're going to dare him to no-show training camp. And if he really does pull a Carson Palmer, because people forget for the Carson Palmer thing, he no-showed camp. And he told the Bengals, okay, fine, even if you're not going to trade me, I'm just not going to play this year. Like, I'm straight up just not going to do anything. And the Bengals refused to trade him at first, even though he wasn't playing for them. Mike Brown said, like, I don't, I don't want to legitimize this behavior. Like, he's, if he's retired, he's retired. And then eventually the Raiders threw a bunch of picks at them, as yeah, as Miguel would know, and then they ha- they ended up making the deal. So I think the Texans 
I think they re- they made David Culley bring back Tim Kelly, Watson's OC the past two years. I don't think that was a coincidence, and I don't think you do that like much like how the Cowboys made made Mike McCarthy keep Kellen Moore for Dak Prescott. Like when you do that, that's because you're really attached to the quarterback. Because David Culley probably could have hired he's 65. He could have hired a bunch of OCs that he knows that he's worked with. They make him making him keep Tim Kelly is bad for a head coach. You only do it if you feel like it's really crucial to the quarterback. So that tells me they're building around Watson still. And I think that you know he's under contract. Like we talked about this before. Like Kobe Bryant told Jerry Buss a few years ago, "I want to trade." And the Bus family told him, training camp starts in September. Like, you don't have to say yes. Unless, I mean, if the guy, unless the guy's really okay just not playing for anybody, that's different. But, yeah, so I don't think they're going to trade Tua. I think they hired Charlie Fry, a, co- a coach, Tua's quarterback coach that worked with Tua in high school. Like, it's very clearly a Tua-centric offensive design right now. Maybe things will change, but I don't think so. And me and Danny both agree, if the Dolphins or the Jets – don't trade for Watson before the draft. It's not going to happen. They lose all their leverage once the draft happens because number two and number three overall pick are gone. And then you and then the Dolphins and Jets, the Jets would still have multiple first next year. The Dolphins don't. And the Dolphins and Jets both have two first round picks this year. And the Dolphins have two seconds. So once the draft happens and those players are actually selected, the Dolphins offer relative to every other team in the NFL is significantly reduced. So if it doesn't happen before the draft for myself or for Danny, it's just not happening. No, I agree with that as well because that's like you're right. We want the leverage, even though I do believe that, and Danny can attest to this in the comments, that New York also, I believe, has two firsts next year as well. Yeah. yeah Apart from the Adams deal. Um, I, I agree. Like, you know what? Keep Tua. Uh, you got Devontae Smith. You can draft a three right there, a little buddy from college. Um, and the other thing, too, is like a lot of people – I remember I think you said this before, and I agree with it, how if you look at Brady's ACL injury in 08, 09 he came back, he was okay, but then 2010 he lit it up and was the first ever unanimous MVP in the history of the league. So I'm just saying this, but like don't sleep on Tua now. Because like even though – you know what? Or even so, if he doesn't get out to the best part, start, excuse me, you can still run the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick like uh, bullpen thing for a little bit. Like obviously long-term it's not good, but for the short-term where there's those games where you know what – you can tell someone's not playing well and you make want to make the switch. I don't think the Brian Flores will want to sh- not shy away from that, but he won't be afraid to use it. I, I will say I I do think the bullpen thing they could do, it's going to depend on what the market is for Fitz, though, because yeah. Fitz, Fitz is at UDFA, and he blatantly told Cameron Wolf, and he's been saying it all year, that like he does want to start again. And, you know, like that's his thing. Like he would prefer to do that. If there's a world where some team, I'm not saying this will happen, but if like if the football team or like the Giants, like if one of those teams like tells Fitz, hey, we'll give you the starting job or at least give you a chance to compete, I think Fitz would take that and he would leave Miami. But if everyone else is just going to offer him a backup job, he'll probably just stay here. But that's also dicey because there's a lot of controversy in the locker room in the sense like Fitz was voted team MVP. Uh, the best leader on the team. It's a team award they give at the end of the year. It almost always goes to starting quarterback. And it went to Fitz this year. And that's kind of awkward when it goes to Fitz when you want this new quarterback to be the face of the team and the teammates don't really see him that way. So one, it's going to depend on if Fitz gets a starting job, which if he does, I think he's gone. But two, even if he doesn't, they're going to have to decide if they want to keep playing that game of cat and mouse. But if he is on the roster, 
they they'll, they'll keep doing what they did last year because very clearly they've shown it doesn't bother them to do it. Bobby, well, uh, you know when you when you brought that up, Big Rat, it's almost like the the Nick Foles Carson Wentz uh, situation from a few years ago when you know the teammates really wanted Nick Foles. But they went with Carson Wentz, so maybe I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, You make a good point, though, about uh, Deshaun and and the Texans. Uh, The only way I would disagree with them calling his bluff is, or maybe they do. I don't think we're ever going to see a situation where so many good quarterbacks are available in the offseason. The amount of quarterbacks changing teams this year is going to be unbelievable. Um, and the quarterbacks in the draft seem to be um, really, really good. So if you can get, you know, unfortunately for the Texans, there's only maybe like two teams that you could probably trade with that would give you the draft picks that you can position yourself to get another quarterback or, you know, take a guy like Darnold back but still get a high pick from the Jets and other picks coming back. Um, but every, every other offseason, I think that would be the play is to wait it out, see what happens. But the uncertainty as far as, you know, Watson just wants out so bad, um, and the Texans are going in such a bad direction. It's like, you know what, if you can get, let's, three first-round picks and get a quarterback, Darnold, Tua, wherever it is, I think you take that deal. Um, you know, clears up some cap, you can rebuild because – that's another team to where like you're they're not gonna win anytime soon. So why why are you wasting Deshaun Watson when he can go somewhere and win and you can get the draft picks back to start building back up again? Because you know, Jack Easterby is gonna run that team to the ground, but I'm I'm sure that he's not happy with the situation either. And he sees that what's going on even in not even just Deshaun Watson, but seems like most of the team isn't agreeing with what he's doing. You know, JJ Watt wants out. He wants to leave, um, and when JJ wants out, that that that's that's a bad sign for the franchise. So I don't know if he gets traded, but I think the play is you you got to trade him somewhere. You you got to. There's plenty of options out there. If you want if you want a veteran, you can get a veteran. If you want to draft somebody, you can draft somebody. Um, but yeah, that 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 whole situation though is a, is an absolute mess. But uh, I, and I, I I agree with. I just want to respond very quickly. I agree with everything uh, he said. Uh, I think. The EV, I think the EV calculation in their head in terms of the expected value is that, because here's the argument I've seen some of the Texans beat writers make for waiting. You can always trade him for a lot because like his value is just like astronomically high. He's a top five quarterback under contract who's young. Like they, it will hurt them with the Dolphins and Jets. If they wait, they will not get the Dolphins and Jets offers, which are very much tied to being him being traded before the draft for sure. But there are still other teams, so it's like I think the reason you do it is because on the chance that he doesn't, at the chance that he doesn't like no show and just shows up and sure he's unhappy, but an unhappy Deshaun Watson playing quarterback is still a better quarterback than what you will find as the alternative. And then you you know maybe you win some games, maybe you mend some fences, whatever it may be. If he's and like so that's a great outcome for the Texans because obviously the best outcome of all of this is Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than anybody else they could get. And then if he really does want out, there's no budging, he's gonna no show camp, or it's gonna be a problem like that 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 will hurt their bottom line, then they could just trade him, you know, next year. They can trade him in training camp. They can trade him at all these points and still get like three to four first round picks for him. So you could that would be but, the thing. But, 
they want to make it work. Even if he doesn't, they want to yeah. make it work. I mean, of course they would want to make it work. I mean, they, they drafted him. They believe in the guy. It's just that they're not giving him the support that he needs. And if you wait, I mean, look at what happened to Dak this year. I mean, he has that major injury. We don't know what kind of quarterback he's going to be um, when he comes back. And I'm not saying that Dak was as good as Watson because I don't think he was. I think Watson is arguably a top five quarterback in the league. And Dak is close, but he's not there yet. Um you never know what's going to happen with injuries. So if Deshaun is healthy, he had a really good season considering that he didn't have much around him. Um, don't take the risk. Like if there's an offer right now, if you can get like one of the Jets first round picks for this season, maybe even both of their picks and then maybe one for next year, you got to take it. You got to take it. Um, I, I understand both sides of the argument, but if I was – in uh, the Houston organization right now, I'm 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 letting Watson go as much as it hurts. You got to do it because you never know what's going to happen year to year. Uh, you could wait, but it could also backfire. Um, I like your argument, Bobby, about the uh, just everything too with uh, player. I'm not sure if it was speaking out, but even to you got like former players like Andre Johnson, like who's one of the best Texans of all time, coming out and speaking bad about the organization. Um, I've been banging the JJ Watt traded drum for a while, but Part of me also thinks too is that they may just let him out of his contract because they've only got one more year. It's I think sixteen millions is hit, so I can easily see a contender like a, or even a, a team who you know what needs a fridge like a fridge like a player away, like a Green Bay, like a Pittsburgh, hell, even like maybe even Cleveland, like someone like that. Who like imagine if you had JJ Watt and Miles Garrett coming off the edge? That's pretty scary because and that's yeah. also too like the one argument everyone's saying about uh, Jimmy with injuries. J.J. Watt's been hurt for a pretty good portion of his career. Um, as for the Texans, though, it's we all knew it was downhill last year when we looked at our phones and saw DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Arizona Cardinals and they didn't even get a first-round pick back. Like, that's how we knew it was bad. And um, I've been saying this before, and I know Danny disagrees with it, but I personally think that Joe Douglas would rather build through the draft than try to win now. That's, that's, just, that's just my take about the whole uh, Joe Douglas Jets thing. I mean, the the thing with the Jets is not only do they have the draft capital, they have the, the cap space to do whatever the hell they want. So, I mean, they they could easily trade for Watson. You know, you get, you trade your your picks, but you can go out and get a guy like, I know Danny wants Allen Robinson. I mean, that could easily happen. Um, they, can, they can surround him and, you know, maybe not be, you know, the number one team in the AFC East, but they can definitely win nine games next year if, if they – get Watson and they build from free agency. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. There's going to be so much movement this year. If I had a bet, I don't, I think the Dolphins stick with Tua. Um, and it's either, I think it's Jets or bust for Watson. I, I don't know. Uh, it could be the Colts, Sam but I, I don't, I don't know. They won't trade him. Yeah, could be. I don't know. It's it's like you got to have a lot of draft capital, and I think if JJ leaves the Texans, I think you could easily trade him. Like it doesn't make much sense to cut him and just get the the comp picks for him. It's like you can probably get like a second round pick. I would think, I think 16, so. 16 million isn't that bad for a guy like JJ Watt. Um, so if I had a guess, I think both of them are gone. Like I think Easterby is just. It, he, he's going to want to build his team, and if guys don't want to play for him, I think he's just going to get rid of him. He's that kind of guy. I don't know why he's in charge, but 
he, he's going to build his team, whether they like it or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I by, by the way, for the record, I would, if I had to guess, I think Watson is gone at some point. I just don't, my personal prediction is I don't think he's gone like within the next few months. But I do think at some point, to Bobby's point, this just isn't sustainable. Like wh- whenever the rooster comes, like whether that's training camp, whether it's next year, I don't know. Like at some point he will be free. But I think unfortunately for him, he'll probably be kept prisoner for another few months. Um, just moving on here, looking at other questions, just for Big Rack quickly, what do you think of Dolphins legends Ray Finkel and Michael Agnew? Why, 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 did, we, why did you even bother? People are asking questions. I got to ask the people. I got to get the people's questions. They're not actually asking those questions. They did that just for you to legitimize them like this. They're both. One of the questions is. We like to have fun here. Right before that. Um, <laughs> the, the next one is a legitimate question. The first two were bullshit. I love how Griff delivered those questions, too. Like, they were hard to think. got to be professional. What can I say? You were very academic about it. Like, Thank oh, you. you know, being Dolphins legend, Ray Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Heat. We could talk about the Heat. Yeah, weekend, weekend for a little bit because uh, obviously Big Rat and I have NBA teams who were pretty good last year that have kind of fallen off the fall from grace. Yeah, I could, I could sum it up very simply uh, with the Heat being horrible this year. Uh, they're dead last in turnovers per game. They're among the worst teams in the league at rebounds per game. And freaking um, Tyler Hero uh, should never have been in the starting lineup. He's not a true point guard. He's more of a six-man scorer off the bench, more like a Lou Williams type. They've tried to, they made him the starter because they thought it was good for the long term for him to grow and develop that role. Because if you think a guy's got superstar potential, you know, unless you're Monty Ginobili, it's usually going to come through the, being in the starting lineup. Um, it didn't work. It, the whole offense went out of flow. Uh, the defense went to hell, too, because Tyler, for all the bad defenders we have, Tyler might be the worst defender on the roster. So last night, what they did was they finally benched Tyler. They started Goron again. The starting lineup looked a lot better. The defense was a lot better. And Tyler and Kendrick off the bench as a unit, since those two in real life are like best friends, they're really tight with each other. Like that, they flowed really well together, had great chemistry, and they both were scoring like crazy. So I think it will get better moving forward, but their defense is terrible and their offense couldn't stop turning it over once they made Tyler the primary point guard. Now that they changed that, I think things will get better. Last year was not a fluke. They, they were the four seed in the regular season, even before the bubbles. It's not like they were some bums. But now that they're going to fix like these lineup problems and maybe get a real power forward in the trade because they don't have a real one on the roster. They never really replaced Jay Crowder adequately. They tried with Mo Harkless. It hasn't worked out. He's been hurt most of the year, and when he's played, he hasn't been that good. So if they could find another Jay Crowder replacement in the trade market and keep Tyler on the bench and start Goron again, as Goron was starting the entire playoffs last year, I think things will get a lot better. And I'm just going to quickly harp on the Raptors saying that we lost Serge Ibaka and replaced him with Aaron Baines, and that's all I really need to say, even though I do love Chris Boucher and his uh, improvements. Um, we actually have a question for Bobby now. I'm going to actually put it up is on it the about tre- Is it about Trevor Bauer? No, it is not. <laughs> all right. Listen to your Marlins fan. Marlin Let's get out of here. Uh, since the season was basically a wash, does Bobby feel Slay is still going to be worth the money, or should – they try and move him and continue the rebuild, assuming it's not a big dead money hit. Um, I mean, I'm just going to assume at this point the way that how he did this cap situation that it would 
it would cost us a lot of money to to trade him. So if that were out of the out of the um, equation, I mean, I don't know what we would get for him. Like he he had a good season, but he wasn't he he didn't live up to the contract. I mean, he was certainly better than what we've had the past few years, but he wasn't like Anam Diasamwa who freaking stole our money blind. Um, I, I mean, it depends on what we would get back. Like, I personally, I'd rather just keep him. I, I like the guy. I like how he played. It seemed like he was a leader on the defense. Not Malcolm Jenkins' level of a leader, but he, he certainly took control of the secondary. Um, we have a lot of work to do still in that secondary. So just because I'm so sick of incompetence, I'd rather just keep him. Um, but at the end of the day, like, if you were to get – Maybe like a early day two pick in the draft, maybe um, you know, a thirty-four, thirty-five, something like that. I would think about it, but I would probably lean towards no. I, I'd rather just, I'd rather just keep the guy. But he, he was—he's a good cornerback. But no, I don't. I don't want to see like a total dumpster fire next season. This, this season was bad enough. I don't want to. I don't want to see like a, a two and uh, fourteen season from the Eagles. I know you don't want to see them go there because especially to a Dallas potentially coming back up with the Giants. I think I still think the Giants are a year away from not being on the playoff door. Also, to a, I think a lot of it depends on how Saquon comes back from the ACL and if, you know, Danny, Danny can actually hold on to the fucking football. Bobby, are, are you open? We talked about this, I think, when you were like having your tech problems. Are you mm-hmm. open minded to drafting another quarterback? Because from what I read about the Jalen Hurts oh. thing is Howie Roseman did that more so as insurance because once kept mm-hmm. getting hurt because it was at the height of the COVID season in April. We weren't sure, mm-hmm. like, if your quarterback gets COVID, could he be out, like, a month? We didn't realize it would be as simple as maybe just missing a game, which is what ended up happening. And, like, he thought that would be good insurance for all those reasons, a little bit of the Taysom Hill role. It didn't seem like they drafted him to be their quarterback in the future. He might be now, but that wasn't – like, so are you open-minded to that possibility since you have such a high pick? Um, as of now, I'd rather just, like, honestly, because, I mean, I think that the two wide receivers that I want are probably going to be gone by then, Chase and Smith. Um, yeah, well, one of them so, will be taken by my team, I think. So. Yeah, I think so, too. So I think, but I think both of them are going to be gone by the time we pick. And unless it's like Micah Parsons at at, at our our selection, um, but I mean we don't value linebackers for whatever reason. We've just never really valued linebackers on the team. Um, I'd rather trade down. To be honest with you, just get as many picks as possible because I mean there there's no point. No nobody in that top uh, that top pick that we're gonna have is gonna make that much of a difference this season. So I just get as many picks as possible. Um, and as far as Hurts goes, dude, like I, I don't, I don't get it. Like you, you can say anything you want, but it was back. It was an insurance policy because of COVID. Uh, I think it was just arrogance, to be honest with you. They, they thought that Hurts was going to go in the first round, and they were like, okay, let's do what other teams have done. Let's try to develop this guy, you know, because we're a quarterback factory. That was that was what they said when uh, in the press conference after we're a quarterback factory, um, and, and they do this, and it it kind of ruined the whole season because now Carson's not playing with any confidence at all. Um, instead of giving him weapons to work with in the season, you draft another quarterback for whatever reason, 
because, you know, you can flip them later for maybe like a first round pick or some nonsense like that. Um, It's just a mess. I don't want another quarterback for the love of God. Do not draft another quarterback um, because I don't want the headache again of another quarterback competition unless we're trading both Wentz and Hurts, which I think would be insane. Um, I, I don't I don't think it makes any sense to draft another quarterback, but who knows? Like, I, I can't put anything past Howie Roseman. He's one of the worst people to draft, so it's entirely possible he takes another quarterback. But uh, personally, like, if it were up to me, just, just keep trading down. Just keep getting all the picks that you can. Because there's going to be a team that wants a quarterback at that spot that will give you a lot of picks. So I'm, I'm all for trading down. Um, that kind of segues, actually. I just saw another fan question I'm going to put up here. and Because it's because I mentioned it this when it's going here earlier. But who is the best fit for the QB job in Indianapolis and why? Like, that's where I kind of go the Carson Wentz route just because of the history of Frank Wright. But with a team like Indy, I just want to get your guys' perspective on this, too. And also, I have to academically say how these questions have been coming in, no matter how uh, stupid or asinine they may be. Or the, 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 It's not even like like they're intending, like, specifically for them to be nonsense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, to just to let you guys know, I just stepped out just because I had to go get my uh, charger for my computer because my battery's getting low and I didn't want this to cut out. Um, but, no, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this quickly, too, because, like I said, got to do a service to the people and uh, get their questions answered. But for me, I'm, I'm going Carson Wentz just based off the Frank Wright history. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I mean, I, I think I saw a report the other day that there there might not be as much um, eagerness from Frank Wright to reunite with Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true. I mean, there's just so many reports coming out. Like, it's hard to keep track. Like, the, I think it was yesterday or two days ago, there was a report like, oh, the Eagles are close to trading Carson Wentz. And then somebody else, uh, one of the insiders said, oh, I'm hearing that nobody has engaged the Eagles with Car- in Carson Wentz discussions. Like, there's just so much up in the air right now. I mean, just on paper, it makes sense for uh, the Colts to get Wentz. But um, I could definitely see, like, maybe a Deshaun Watson going there. Um, you know, if they're going short term, see what Cam does. Um, you know, he's going to be cheap, I'm sure, coming off of the season. Uh, if you want to draft somebody and sign Cam for one year or something like that, um, there, there's a lot that they can do. But if I had to put money on it, I think Wentz makes a whole lot of sense for Indianapolis. I I don't I don't think this will happen, but you know, because none of this is guaranteed. Like I Griff mentioned, like it might be it might be hard to get Watson because of the being in division. Wentz, we'll see. We'll see with all these other quarterbacks, like Fancy, even like who knows. Um, there is, I read some reporting by an Indianapolis beat writer that, as crazy as it sounds, Jacob Eason is doing a lot better in camp. And look, that would be a little extreme because it is like a playoff ready roster. They need someone to win now. But like, is it possible he at least supplants Jacoby Brissett and like moves up in line to maybe get a more serious role? We'll see. I think, absolute worst case scenario, they can. They, we, we acknowledge that, Danny. Shut, shut up. Jesus. So I, I can acknowledge that, uh, you know, maybe percent also, because if they don't get once and if they don't get, you know, Cam or if they don't just – maybe they just draft someone. But they're kind of that slim pickings, and they're in a tough spot because that team is ready to win now. It's not like all these other teams that are in, like, developmental stages, like the Lions, you know. Like this, 
this team is ready to go. So they kind of need a win now quarterback and that doesn't really translate itself to the draft. So, yeah, I mean, I would just say the generic answer of Wentz. I've also like Wentz could go to the bears though. Like even if Reich does want him, if the bears just offer more, then what does it matter? So, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I would, I would worst case scenario, I would say internal improvement. Um, that's the thing though. Cause like I've been also too, to say another metaphor from before, um, I've been banging the drum also of the – if the Colts get a quarterback, like even just a good quarterback, they're, they're a potential Super Bowl contender. It's not like, oh, hey, they can win in the playoffs. Like I think they have a potential run to go and compete with Kansas City. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens. But one thing I want to get out of here quickly because it was directed towards me, and then we'll get to this, but is Danny right here uh, asking about my thoughts on Marcus Mariota. Simply put, he's on a cheap deal, and I think Patriots right now are better off getting a bridge quarterback than, and maybe you know what, worst case scenario, they fall down and then they uh, draft someone in a few years because I don't like for as much as they are, there's chance to be good again. I don't want to be stuck in that like purgatory that we were this year of seven and nine, where you're not bad enough to content, bad enough to tank, but you're not good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, with the Patriots especially, like Belichick, I don't know if he's going to go out and get a superstar quarterback. Um, he, it seems to me like, yeah, he would definitely try to sign a guy, not not Cam Newton, but one of those guys that are kind of like a reclamation project and yeah. try to draft somebody. Um, I, I don't think that they're going out and getting a guy like Watson, like any any or Wentz or any of the, the bigger name quarterbacks that are available. It seems to me like he, you're you're right, Griff. He's going to get like a bridge quarterback and draft somebody. Yeah, exactly, like draft someone in a couple of days because we see right now Jared Stidham is not exactly hasn't worked out that much. He hasn't been the best when he had potential there. Like now we see, hey, if Jared Stidham was a starter, this is probably a four and twelve or five and eleven football team. What What about um, Trubisky? Would you be open to that? That's a That's a tough one. Like I feel like. It, I don't want to – I'm like, part of me wants to say yes, but then you see a lot of the dumb stuff that he does. But then also, too, Shaquille's in such a tough, tough market. Like, the Bears, like, the second you're bad, the Bears, like the Eagles, like the fans in the media will turn against you quick. Like, they're just mm-hmm. – toxic's not the word I'm looking for, but it's passionate. Like, the passion that a lot of, a lot of outsiders see as, like, a toxic fan base, you know? Yeah, I mean, anything's on the table with the the Patriots. I think if you can get a guy like Trubisky, who maybe just wants a one-year deal to prove it, like he's going to be the starter for the entire season. He doesn't have to worry about it, see what happens in the next one, see if he can cash in. Um, Yeah, I don't think they're going to sign anybody to like a massive contract or trade for anybody like that. Exactly. Like even too, I've had this earlier too with a couple Patriots reporters on here, and they were saying how – don't exactly look at even for receivers or tight ends. Don't look at like the big fish, like small, like sign the smaller guys. Like if they went out there and got like a Johnny Smith or a Wolf Fuller, for example, like guys who are going to be on those cheaper deals. Like I'm okay with that because there's a lot of in-house signings I have to take care of as well, like David Andrews, Adam Butler, J.C. Jackson, guys like that who I believe you know what have to stay locked up long term. I, I, it, what makes the season fun is that there's so many spots that we don't have clean matches for. Like, we think Wentz, Eagles, Cam to the football team, but, like, that could, that very well might not happen, you know. And if Wentz is to the Eagles, what the fuck are the Bears going to do? So, 
Like the Patriots, we don't know. Like if Cam goes to the football team, what do the Patriots do? Is Jimmy G going to stay? I Is Derek Carr going to stay? I know Miguel doesn't want to hear that, but you know that there's some smoke out there about that too. Dude, there's like maybe seven quarterbacks that are like safe in their teams right now. Everybody yeah. else is up in the air. Like a guy like Daniel Jones. Like what if the Giants get involved in Watson discussions? Like, and I know there was that big mega deal where Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley go to the Texans. Like, there's so much up in the air. What what if, like, is Darnold, like, we talk about whether or not the Jets are going to take a quarterback. But if they do trade Darnold, I mean, that's Darnold and another team. Like, then you have Mm -hmm. to, like, do that whole thing out. Like, there's so much fluidity. Like you said, there's only a few situations are stable. Like, everything else is pretty up in the air. Yeah, crazy offseason. Yeah, because besides, like, let's say Kansas City, Buffalo, I'm saying Green Bay because I honestly believe Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Yeah, he's he's not. No, I think that was – like, I don't I, – well, I, yeah, I don't, don't spoke – I don't think Big Red's been on since. I think that was a key to the moment thing. Like, you know when you say something when you're just generally, like, pissed off or you're not feeling well, but – or, like, when I say feeling well, like, look, when you're upset about something and you say something that later on you do regret, I think that's what Aaron Rodgers did. I – so let's see, there's him. I think Kyler Murray in Arizona is another one where he stays. I think Russell Wilson, we'll see in a few years, but I think he stays for now. But, like, yeah, you're right, Bobby. Like, there's only five, maybe a sixth or maybe a seventh quarterback that's safe. But besides that, there's teams that are going to be calling for Watson. But I also agree with Big Rat, too, is if we don't see a trade from by draft night or, the, like, day two or day three, I think he's in Houston unless someone calls and does, like, what happened to Jamal Adams where you're trading futures away to get him. I'll ask. I'll ask this to uh, you guys. What if, what happens to Dak Prescott? Like, will Jerry Jones actually pay the guy finally, or is he going to be yeah. like, you know what? Let let's. I mean, I can't do it. There's too much risk, especially with that Wentz deal. It's like maybe he sees it in the division. He's like, oh, I paid this guy this much money, and then he goes out and he doesn't perform. I think that's been the reluctance all these years. Will they actually pay the guy? I it's, think I I think the team being so bad slash mediocre without Dak. Now, look, they were two and three when he got hurt. It's not like they were lighting the world on fire either, although it wasn't his fault. It was the other side of the ball that was failing them. I think there's a newfound appreciation for what Dak did because Dalton, like Dalton did play well, like towards the end of the year, but he struggled at first. He had those first few games where he was really, really rough, like really rusty. Mm -hmm. He did play. He, sorry, he torched your Eagles like in December. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And so, I do think, I do think seeing life without Dak gave them kind of a little bit of a newfound appreciation that I do think they're going to be more understanding and doing it than they were in the past. I just, I don't see, I don't see how this ends any other way because because especially since Dak just got hurt, he's not going to accept any short term thing anymore. Maybe maybe he would have before, but definitely not now. Not after he broke his ankle. Like like he's going to want everything locked up and. They're going to look at the alternative, which is going six and ten without him. And I think they're going to think, yeah, I think now we kind of have to relent. But we'll see. You never know with that crazy team. Exactly. And also, one point to what Bobby was saying, and I know Miguel will agree with me on this, is they need guys like Amari Cooper to be the guy. Like you're paying him to be, I've said this a bunch of times now, but the guy. So with Dallas, for as much as you got to lock up, lock up Dak, they got to worry about their defense because their defense is one of the worst in the NFL as well. I was going to say that, Griff. It's like, you know what? You can re-sign Dak, but if you do nothing again to improve your defense, you're going to end up just with the Eagles down in the cellar. Like, they, 
they have so many problems on defense. Um, you can't just settle for Dak and, and think that everything's going to turn around because they, they weren't a good football team when he was playing because of that defense. If they improve that defense and they re-sign Dak, it's a whole different thing. But Jerry just royally screwed up not doing anything defense last season. Maybe he's learned his lesson, but, I mean, it's Jerry Jones. So it's like, who the fuck knows what's going on in his head? Um, but, yeah, it's that's definitely another situation to look out for. His his I well, then here's the other thing with Jerry. His ego is way too big to like get in the way. If I were running the Cowboys, you gotta hire a big. You gotta hire a football guy, a guy who's gonna go in there and make those decisions. Like you cannot have your owner be the GM. That's where a lot of these contract stuff gets skewed, and Jerry just throws out money like it's nothing. Or he just like I mean, listen, I I wanted I wanted anybody except for Rager. Last year in the draft, like we could have took C.D. Lamb, could have traded up for him. We could have took Justin Jefferson, right? Lamb is a really, really good wide receiver, right? But it, it kind of, it's like, it's an embarrassment of riches at one point. It kind of reminds me of what the Giants did with Saquon taking him so early. It's like, C.D. Lamb, great player, but does it really improve your team? Like when your defense is so kind of bare with talent, um, that that was really surprising. I mean, listen, he's a great player, but like that that was just the wrong pick in my well, opinion. And the, the problem is, I think they prioritize. It's not just the big money. It's like kind of what you were saying. It's like where it was spent. Like they spent most of their cap on two linebackers, on Zeke, and on like some older players in the offensive line, which is good. But like they have to let Byron Jones walk because they right. can't afford to pay him. Yeah. But so you prioritized you prioritized Jalen Smith and Zeke, which are, you know, as great as they are, more replaceable positions than corner. And yeah. you know, that's just not smart roster management. They they didn't even attempt to like re-sign Byron either. Like it was like, okay, you're gone. Like we don't need you. And then they didn't replace him. Like it just made no sense to me. They got torched by the football team on Thanksgiving. They got they got lit up by the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Now, I know I'm not saying the Cardinals are a bad team. I'm just saying when the Cardinals have their moments where one game they'll look good and one game they'll look bad, like Kyler put, I believe it was 38 up on them. Yeah. Uh, just looking here at some of the other questions as well, Miguel asks what are the thoughts about the Micah Parsons things are. I didn't. I had to look it up actually while we were on air. I think it has to do with him, I think, getting into a fight and there was like a knife involved, I think, back in 2018. So... As long as none of that stuff comes up again, I think he's okay. And Randy's just asking about the DAC getting a big deal. I think we're all agreeing with that. But the next question, and I think this pertains to Bobby a lot, does Alex Smith come back to the football team? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, they stuck with him this whole time. Um, I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback. I think they might try to rework the contract a little bit. Um, although that would kind of be like fucked up because he, he was like this great su success story. And then you go back to him and you're like, well, can you take less money now? Because we have this other guy we want to get. Um, I don't know, but like if, if he doesn't come back, like is any team going to want to sign this guy to be their starting quarterback? Like, it's not like he lit the world on fire. I mean, it was a great story. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he, he just, Outperform. I mean, he outperformed. He's an MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, he outperformed Haskins, but that's not saying much. Like he, he wasn't that good last year. He was serviceable, 
But I, I think it makes sense just to keep him around, see what happens. Because, they, I mean, they got rid of Haskins. So, like, who's going to be the backup there? Um, I, and But the, there were there were rumors that they um they apparently offered a lot for Stafford. Like, I think that they were the other team that oh, really? was rumored. Yeah, they they apparently like got involved, but didn't you know didn't win obviously. And obviously, the the more egregious example I believe is Carolina, which is another team we talked about an unsettled quarterback situation. Carolina, like they offered the picks, and they actually were in the process of exchanging physicals with Stafford when they found out he got traded to the Rams. Like that's how far along they were as well. Wow. And so, what? Well, I think the Lions wanted Bridgewater, but the Panthers said no. Which is weird because why, like, if you want Stafford, like, why do you care so much about losing Teddy? And Teddy's not cheap either. Like, that's a, if Teddy's no. going to be your backup, that's a huge, like, cap hit for a backup quarterback. Like, backup. So, Jesus. But I, I get this. You get the sense from Washington. And, like, apparently, like, he was benched for Taylor Heineke because of the calf injury. But mm. the rumor is that Ron Rivera wasn't, apparently wasn't sure that he was recovering well from it towards the end of the year. And there was a possibility that he was going to get benched for Taylor Heineke, even if he was healthy. Like Chris Collinsworth said in that Eagles game in week 17, that Ron Rivera and Alex Smith had a heart to heart and Ron Rivera needed Alex Smith to convince him that he could still do it. And you just get the sense that it's like, if there's kind of like the Patriots with Cam, it's like, if there's literally nothing else, then fine, let's just run it back because there's familiarity there, see what happens. But you get the sense the football team would like to do something different if they could. It's just, it's a big if. Like, what are they going to do? Like, trade for Deshaun Watson, trade for Carson yeah. Wentz? Oh, they're not going to get Wentz, but you get the point. No, like, yeah, no exactly. Yeah. Sign Cam, like, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, they want to do something different, but if they can't, then I guess they'll just run it back with Smith. It's, it's a, isn't it, wouldn't it be a bad look if they got rid of Alex Smith, though? Like, they, little, they bring him, like, they kind of almost ruined his life. Uh, and he almost got amputated, and then they're like, okay, you come back, you play okay, and we're just going to get rid of you. Like, they're trying to change that culture there. They and are. Like, Dan Snyder is an asshole, so I wouldn't hold it above him. It's also, it's also like, there comes a point, like, yes, it would be tough because it's such a nice story, but it's like, man, he's the starting quarterback. It's not like he's like a left tackle or a guard. It's like he's so important to the success of the team that they shouldn't feel an obligation to run it back just for just for that purpose, even though I'm sure, as, as others have said, that he is a great leader and a great presence. He's also not cheap, though. Like, there's no guarantee. Yeah. I'm looking at him now. He has no more guaranteed money on his contract, but he would still be a $23 million cap hit if they kept him. That is – that is a lot of money when you could get like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Cam for less money, and they might be better than him at this point. Right. Well, exactly. I think it. May, I think it makes sense. Like, I, I think Alex Smith would know. Okay, like it's it's not it's it doesn't make any sense for me to make this kind of money. Like, it's either okay, I take the pay cut, yeah, a significant pay cut, or I just go on the the market and see what I get. I, I think maybe the the in between is like okay, maybe we'll give you five million dollars. I could, I could something like yeah. that. I know exactly. I see both of you coming from. Um, even another thing with how bad the Cowboys were this year, as Randy just pointed it out, the Cowboys for the first time ever were yanked from Sunday night football. Like Cowboys obviously will always be a staple when it comes to the league and the shield more importantly, but the fact that the Cowboys were pulled from Sunday night football showed, yeah, like it's literally the Mr. Krabs world smallest violin. When I saw – I, I remember – uh, I think Big Right, you and I wanted Miami, New England on that spot just because yes. but it, cause it ended up being Cleveland and the Giants. But, yeah, like I remember Cowboy fans were bitching when they got pulled, and I'm like, you guys suck. Just because you're the Cowboys doesn't mean you get 
preferential treatment. Like, but I always do think though, when the schedules come out in April, they're gonna have their couple Sunday night games against the cow, not against the Cowboys. Excuse me, against the Giants or the Eagles. Like Bobby, I know we see Matt Lorenzo bitch about like the Giants Cowboys always playing like week one or week two Sunday night football. Like the Cowboys will always be there, but the fact that they got a lot of work to do if they want anyone to take them seriously as a playoff contender. Now I know they got rid of their D coordinator who got hot sauce in his eyes, but I still think they have a long way to go. Yeah. I mean, I really don't concern myself with like who plays on Sunday night football Monday. It it doesn't matter to me. Like to to be honest, like the only thing that would matter to me is if like the Eagles get a a night game. And then I just feel like, Oh fuck, I got to wait all day for this shit. Like I got to stress myself out all day for them to probably lose like that yeah, that's that's when i'm concerned about it but I, I really i personally couldn't care less about who plays on sunday night monday night thursday night who who cares i'm gonna be honest with you guys my favorite time for when like the pats play is 4 25 it's that sweet spot it's like right in the middle of the afternoon the one o'clocks are yeah. over you're not waiting all day for your game and then because after your after that game's done at 4 25 or 405 you get Sunday night football right after it. So that's just that's just something I wanted to point out before obviously we get to the Super Bowl. And you're not missing as many other games. Uh like that's the problem with the one o'clock games. Especially especially yeah. when back back when I was actually going to Dolphin games, uh you were you couldn't there's no red zone there. So you're missing like nine different things. You know, it's not like at home when you can kind of split your attention between your TV and your computer, a dolphin game and a red zone game. Can't do that at the stadium. Four o'clock game, you're only missing like two other games. It's like it's way less yeah. of a big deal. And usually it's like Denver versus someone random. Yeah, the Chargers often get that spot. Towards the end of the season, though, they were kind of having a good balance of one and four o'clock games. Like there would be like seven games here, seven games there. I think that's – I hate when they stack the one o'clock because then it's like, okay, you get four hours of crazy football and then there's maybe like one game that actually matters in the four o'clock window. So I'd rather just kind of try to split it as evenly as possible. Can I just jump yeah. in quickly? I want to ask Bobby something. Um, this is like that whole week 17 stuff with the Nate Sudfeld playing an incident. I bet if that happens in the one o'clock window, it hardly gets noticed. It only got noticed, in my opinion, because it got played at, on Sunday Night Football. All right. Gr- Griff, you're going to make me go on a rant right now because yeah. when I – let me get – all right. I, I could not believe the amount of people – bitching and moaning about what Doug Peterson did in that last game. Because I, I hate to break it to you, there's always a handful of teams that they don't go out and say, oh, we're going to tank the season. They're tanking the season. You don't think yeah. Jacksonville was tanking the season last year? You don't think the Jets were trying to tank the season last year? Like, it, it, it was the most stupid outrage I've ever seen. Like, who cares? Who cares? It, clearly the football team was going to win. So it's like, okay, we, we, we've had Nate Sudfield on his fucking team for like four years for no apparent reason. Give him a couple of snaps. Let him fumble the football. Let him throw in an interception or two. Who cares? I, I had to turn off Twitter that night. It was, it was oh, it's a disgrace to the, the game of football. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, we need a draft lottery. That no, no, get get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, because we talked about it. Right, 
Dude, the same people that bitched and moaned about what the Eagles did in that last season, they were the same people who were all season looking at to who was going to get that number one pick. Was it going to be the Jets or the Jaguars? Because they knew that those teams were going to tank, but those same people are the ones that are bitching and moaning that we tanked the last game of the season. Fuck off. Like, that's the only time I'm ever going to defend the Eagles last season. Like, that, absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. Oh. I, and I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. I'll just say very quickly to build on that, Griff. What I didn't mention last time was in 2017, the Dolphins played the Bills. It was a 1 o'clock game, like you're referencing. And the Dolphins had, were playing Jay Cutler at the time. And they played Jay Cutler for a series. Then they pulled him. And they played uh, David Fales for the rest of the game. Because they thought, okay, like it's the end of the season. There's no difference between going 6-10 and 10 and 7-9. and nine, And it's better – it's better to just see David Fales, like, you know, play and, you know, do well and see if there's any development there with David Fales as a long-term backup because Cutler wasn't coming back. David Fales might. They lost to yeah. the Bills, a very close game. It was a one-score game. And because the Bills won, that's the year the Bills made the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. And so they made the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, partly because the Dolphins purposely didn't play their best quarterback in a game they only lost by, like, five points. So well, that happened. No one cared. It was, it was also because, like, the worst division in football was up in the air. Like, yeah. who was going to win the division? Like, it, whoever won that division, they weren't going to do anything in the playoffs anyway. Like, they kept bringing up, oh, but the Giants, 7-9, and 7-9. and nine. Like, get, get the fuck out of here with that. That was one season. It, the most ridiculous – I couldn't – thank you for reopening that wound, Griff. I really appreciate it because now I'm all fired up. You know what? I wanted you fired up, though. I didn't mean to open a wound. I was just implementing the whole how one o'clock games get lost in the shuffle. That's where you I was know, going. Griff, you have something, man, because you, you got me ranting on the last time I was on here, too. Like, you, you just love digging in. You know, they, I don't know. Like, you know, if Danny was on here, it would be worse because I know he would just, like, really fucking twist the knife. But, uh, yeah, there's something. I'm on to you, Griff. I, I know what you're up to. All right, cool, cool. Well, anyway, guys, um, we have a, we have a game to talk about. Yeah, there's a. Do we want to talk about the Puppy Bowl or the Super Bowl first? I'm just kidding. We're going to talk the Super Bowl on. Here. I have the uh, I have the Pomeranians forty one thirty seven in that game. Ooh, yeah, I got I got that too. They're due. The Pomeranians are due. Yeah. Um, but with this Super Bowl here, it's just so interesting that I'm going to jump on a take that I have from the beginning. And it's that I don't – well, you all know who I think is going to win, but my opinion, it's going to be a defensive player who wins MVP. For his, mm. I know it's Tom and I know it's Mahomes, but I think for whoever wins, I think the MVP is going to come from the defense because I think there's going to be a big play in this game that really changes momentum for either side. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, if I had a guess, it would probably just – I think it's going to be a shootout. Like, I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be, you know, something like 31-27, something like that. Like, I don't think it's going to be a defense game. So, if that were the case, I think it's going to be a quarterback. It's going to be Mahomes or Brady, especially on that kind of kind of stage where, you know, especially if Brady, if, if Tampa wins, uh, I'm sure it's going to be because, you know, Brady is the, the greatest all-time quarterback, which he is at, at this point. So, they're going to want to crown the guy again. Um, I don't know. Like, who, who defensively would make that kind of an impact? Um, I would Chris Jones or Devin White or even, well, like, or like Tyron Matthew. Yeah, so, yeah, Bobby, could like, be. to Chris's point, uh, yeah, it wouldn't I, – I could see it because it could be the thing where, like, both offenses are doing well, so they both, like, neutralize each other a little bit, 
And if someone gets like a late game pick six, like kind of like he didn't win MVP, but like if someone did what Tracy Porter did, you know, against the Colts in the same like that, something like that, if that would happen once or twice, then that would be uh, that would be a way that a defensive player could be like, especially like Brady's been throwing a lot of picks lately. So if Brady throws That's like true, three picks, all the money badger, like I could see that on the other side in Super Bowl 50, we saw Von Miller. He forced two fumbles and a touchdown on Cam Newton and Von Miller won MVP. If Jason Pierre Paul or Shaq Barrett were to do something like that, where because of the KCO line, they get two sack fumbles or something like that. You could see that in a, Way maybe being the critical points of the game of some kind. Good point. I, Good I also point. think he'll probably be one of the quarterbacks, but I, I can see it. I can see it. It's just, it's just or, a take to throw out there. Um, one thing I want each one of you guys to do is give me an X factor from either team that could impact the game tomorrow. Like not a known guy. No, well, not known, but not like a star. Like someone who's kind of flying under the radar. You think on either side of the ball who can really, you know, what have an impact in this game. Hmm, that's a tough one, Griff. You're really asking the hard questions. That's what I'm here for. I got a name. Uh, so, I mean, Honey Badger gets too much attention. So I'll yeah. say uh, Legarius Sneed, who is a slot cornerback for Kansas City, rookie, had a great year this year. And yeah. he's, he's really, yeah, and he's been really, really effective in the slot. And he's a big reason why their defense has turned around. Because so early in the year, he was hurt. And Honey Badger – you know, who likes to be that free rangey, like rover free safety, like all over the field, like, you know, getting picks and all this. When Sneed got hurt, they had to put Honey Badger back in the slot as the slot corner instead of as the rangey free safety. And he, you know, he, he's not bad at that, but it didn't maximize his impact. But when Sneed's back in the lineup and he can do that job and he does that job really well, and then it frees up Honey Badger to be the guy who's always around the ball, who's picking off, who's catching interceptions off tip passes and like kind of like what Minka Fitzpatrick does for Pittsburgh. And, you know, it gives, it gives Honey Badger more ability to blitz. He's more likely to blitz when he doesn't have that slot corner responsibility, especially against such dangerous receivers. So I think Sneed being healthy really changes the complexity of their pass defense. Their pass defense has been incredible in the playoffs. So Stefan Diggs has been unfucking stoppable all year. He scores 100 yards on everybody, even the Ravens. Everybody. Every week he has 100 yards. The Chiefs were the one team to really shut him down last week. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I was just thinking because on the same kind of track, it's not an under-the-radar name, but it seems like Leonard Fournette has really done well in Tampa Bay. I could definitely see, like, a situation where you were talking about, Rick, where, like, the secondary just kind of, you know, kind of limits um, Mike Evans. You know, Godwin will have a big catch or two. Antonio Brown, you know, he, he's he's inconsistent. So, if it comes to a point where, like, okay, we have to start running the ball, I can definitely see Fournette just running, like, a 65-yard touchdown and putting Tampa Bay up. Um, I could, I think I would I would say Leonard Fournette. I really like what he's doing uh, in Tampa Bay this year. Mine comes to no surprise. It's Scotty Miller. Great. Like, <laughs> that, that is mine, Scotty Miller. The guy, from the moment Tom signed there, I said, Tom is going to like this kid. He's a, he's what Tom likes, young, white, slot receiver that can run fast. Like, look at his history. Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, Wes Walker. It's Tom's – Tom's got a type. I know Tom loves, like, his Mike <laughs> wins, his um, 
It was Mike Godwin, Mike Godwin, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, A.B., Gronk, even to Cameron Brakes, another player to watch out for tomorrow. Um, one defensively I'm going to say, though, and he's been out for a while, but is uh, Vita Villa for uh, Tampa Bay as well on their defense. Because one of the things we watch for defensively as well is Tom Brady has a bad history of Steve Spagnuolo because Steve Spagnuolo is the D.C. for the Giants in Super Bowl Forty Two. So something to look out for tomorrow night. He also – he out, when Brady played the 2019 piece, when he was still in New England, yeah. the Patriots only scored like 16 points or whatever. Uh, and Spagnolo yeah. did a good job against them in that game. The Yeah, uh, Vita Vea is interesting because I saw a good explanation that the Bucks defense, when they have to play – this is what I'm going to be looking for in the game schematically. When they have to play their two safeties deep, they keep – Oh man, he's pulling a me, Griff. Yeah, he's you know, pulling all that stuff. Oh, he's uh, back. But, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah you yeah. were going yeah, really so, slow and he went away, and then Bobby said he was pulling a you because Bobby was doing that earlier <laughs> in the podcast. But go right back and go back ahead on what you were saying before. It's very simple. In the second half of the year, the Bucks' deep secondary got worse. They were playing more single high coverage because they had to keep a safety near the line of scrimmage because the run defense was not as good when Vail was hurt. What happened against <clears> the Packers, as explained by, by um, I forget his name, uh, Greg Ackerman, was that they were able to keep they're able to keep their two deep safeties again because they don't have to put one of the safeties close to the line of scrimmage because Vea being back gives them enough formidity up front that they could actually defend the run properly again. And like, and they could be more formidable on pass downs, and they don't have to blitz with their safeties as much. They can have their safeties back deep, and they can be the defense they were earlier in the year. And so I do think that is a significant development, um, especially since he got two weeks of rest. You know, he can make this deep – because this defense was kind of living off its reputation the second half of the year. Like, they were getting torched by a lot of teams. Yeah. So, yeah. like, even against – like, both games against the – Falcons. The Bucks won both games, but the defense did not play well in either game. So now, I mean, Taylor Heineke and the football team put up 24 points on them. So I think now, it, now with Vea back, the defense can be a lot better than it was on that because he he alone makes the run defense better and it makes the pass defense better with the way they use their safety. So exactly. That, that um, is significant. One thing I want to get right into it quick, boys, because we got to wrap up because uh, Big Rat and I, uh, I, all of us have to, we're on a tight schedule today just because it's Saturday, not usually a weeknight where we're a little more free. Um, but with that yep. being said, winners and MVPs, let's just lay it on the line and throw out a score prediction if you guys want to as well. Um, I'll, I'll go Mahomes MVP and I'll go 34. 27 Kansas City Chiefs repeat as Super Bowl champions. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mahomes. Also, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I, I do think Honey Badger taking it is very possible because he has a good he has good odds to score if he picks off a pass. Yeah. That's the, like he can make it a pick six. But to your point, I do think it would be tough. Um, I think this game is either going to be a really close win by Kansas City or Tampa Bay, or it's going to be a Chiefs romp. And no one is going to predict a romp, and I understand why, because both teams are really, really good. But I, mm -hmm. I really do think it is – if the Chiefs get up early, 
if they build like a big like 14 to 0 lead or something and Tampa Bay gets a little bit out of balance, I think you could see the offense be surprisingly bad because when they get really pass heavy and when like Brady, we've talked about this before in the show, Brady's numbers under pressure this year are amongst the worst in the league. They always have been this whole year. He's like 32nd in the league under pressure. The thing in the playoffs is that he just hasn't been under pressure because the O-line is really, really good. They held off Green Bay. They held off the Saints pass rush, which is very formidable. The O-line's held up. And when the O-line holds up, he lights it up. When the O-line doesn't hold up, he throws picks. Like, that's how it's been generally the whole year. I could see a world where the Chiefs go up 14-0. to They start blitzing. The Bucs don't run the ball as much. I could see this game getting ugly. And I know I know that's not a popular opinion, but I del- I'm not, I'm, look, I also am admitting the Bucs can win. I just went into a long rant about how Vita Vea makes their defense so much better. I'm well aware the Bucs can easily win this game. But I am going to just talk about that raw possibility because I presume no one will. And if it happens, I can at least cite back that we talked about it on the show that this could happen. But, yes, I'll – I'll go generically. I, I kind of think it'll be like the last game, honestly. So I'll say the same score. Chiefs 27, Bucks 24. Um, one point I wanted to bring up quickly, and I heard it on Pro Football Talk yesterday too, is say if Travis Ke- – not Travis Kelsey. Uh, Tyree Kill has like another crazy 200-yard game receiving again. He could I, don't, no, I don't think the AP will vote for him as MVP just because really? of his off-field history. Oh. I think they may hold that against him. That's just something to watch out for for tomorrow. Like I, It could happen. It may not. We'll cross the bridge when we get there, but I'm taking ta- I'm taking Tampa just because I'm riding with my boy. I'm I'm not rooting for the Bucks. I'm rooting for Tom. I want Tom to win. Most Patriot fans I've seen want Tom to win another Super Bowl. Like I don't see many who are rooting against him. But for MVP, I'm going with my take before of defense. I'm going Devin White. I can see it. Yeah, I think him. I think I've said this before too. Him and Levante David right now are the best one-two punch combo at linebacker in the NFL. That was very on brand of you, Griff. I think Paige, I think some there's I think the chatter of Mahomes entering the greatest of all time discussion is scaring some Patriots fans. And so I can naturally, even though it's on another team, <laughs> they, they kinda I think want Brady to win partly for that reason, to kind of limit that momentum. But here's the cold hard facts. Mahomes' numbers, his first three years in his career, and Brady's numbers, Brady's first three years in his career, are they're night and fucking day. It's not even yeah. close. Like, not even remotely close. Because back in that day, the Patriots relied on their defense and their run game to oh. get wins. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are relying on Patrick Mahomes. It's not a great second dynasty run when they did that. It's just my, my only question, my only thing that I'm not looking forward to is if the Chiefs win is everyone saying how, oh, they're already a dynasty. They're going to win, like, ten Super Bowls when – in my opinion, to be a dynasty in any sport, I think you've got to win, like, say, three and four or, like, three in a row. They would also be the first repeat champion since the Patriots, and I think that's another reason why Patriots fans that's were really the go talk. That back-to-back <laughs> title. Hey, Bobby, who would we beat to get the second championship in that back-to-back, though? <sighs> Listen, we took you, you down. You got one off us, too. We, we took you down. That's all that matters. It's only – listen, I waited 60 years for a Super Bowl. I can wait another 60 at this point because I'm sure in 60 years, Howie Roseman's son is probably going to be the general manager somehow. So it is what it is. What, when do I get one? How Like what? It's just like I should got to keep waiting another 40 years or something? When um, you you got, there is also a hot take I wanted to say quickly before we go, and I just want to get your guys' opinions on this, but I think for next year, it's going to be easier for the Bucs to get back to the Super Bowl than it will the Chiefs, just because I think there's so many good up-and-coming teams on coming up in the AFC. 
Depends. Depends what happens if if Chris Godwin leaves Tampa Bay. I think that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a that's a very underlining storyline. So we'll see. We'll see on that. Yeah, I think someone's. I think he, there's a chance he stays, but I think there's also a chance someone grossly overpays for him because he's a good wide receiver too. I don't think he's like a wide receiver one. Well, though. And he he'll also have just been in the Super Bowl. Like that'll attract a lot of attention. So yeah, you know, you see it every year. You'll see someone from a Super Bowl winning team go off and get contracts with a team that may not be the best for a lot of money. Trust me, I've seen it a few times before. My, my, my dumbass team gave Danell Ellerby like $50 million after he won the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Like, remember when, uh, who was it, Malik Malik Jackson got like a crazy amount of money for yeah, the Jaguars got, after they won? 90, $90 million. Yeah. yeah. Was it him that got the touchdown in Super Bowl 50 or was it Sylvester Williams? I think no, it was Williams. No, it was Malik Jackson, I think. Oh, yeah, it was Malik yeah. Jackson. Okay. I, I think yeah. Sylvester Williams was in on the play as well, though. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, and then the, the Eagles signed Malik Jackson to an insane contract. So it just it's all one circle. <laughs> the circle just keeps the going. Circle of life. That's all it is. Uh, of dumbass teams. Uh, but it, before it, we leave, Griff, before we leave, I just want to say a couple things to uh my man Rick over here. Uh number one, never take down that Undertaker or Homer Simpson fathead. No nope. this the, this room is so nostalgic to me. It's it's lovely. I love it. And number two, for the love of God, stop adding me on these Foles uh, <laughs> and Tannehill debates with Danny. I am over the debate. I I concede that Tannehill is a good quarterback. He Better still cannot Foles. he still cannot win games without Derrick Henry. I'll put it out there. Okay. He's a good quarterback, but Nick Foles, I'll take him all day every day. Um but for the love of God, keep me out of it. I'm over I'm over the Twitter threads. I'm over it. We can start a new one because I'm sure something out of the show no, 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 you're no. going to bring up you, you, if I get wrong. Oh, he's, he's you, listen, you you and Danny, when, when Nick Foles replaced Trubisky and scored that touchdown, you two started this. You okay. two messed with me. Okay. So, that, that, it, it was in a joking – here's the difference. Right? And there it is. There it is. Here, here's the difference. All right. When I do that, I, very rarely, it's usually Danny. I've only done it like once this past season, and that was uh, as a troll, as a joke. You yeah. take it to a serious level, giving me facts and figures. I don't want that. Okay? <laughs> Not allowed anymore. All right? I just wanted to put that out there. Danny uh, can okay, handle but... it. I, I enjoy seeing those from, from my phone. I like scrolling through those when I'm not included. So keep that up. For the, but for the love of God, I am over the Tannehill Foles debate. Because I was right. After all these years, eight years later, I was not saying right. that. Not saying that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not saying that. Uh, I'm. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Greg. Let's wrap it up. I can't do this anymore. Give me that admission. Stop. <laughs> you know what? I, I gotta, I'm sorry, Big Rat. I gotta end on that That's note. Well, that was just well. too good of a note to end on. I. Guys, this was a lot of fun today. Thank you for everyone who joined in the live chat. Thank you to YouTube for coming on. Bobby, Big Rat, I hope you guys had a blast. Yeah, uh, we'll sure. try, I want to try to get you guys. Big Rat's always been on. He's been on for a while. Bobby, this is your second time on, but I want you back on more and more throughout the offseason. For these, Absolutely. just like chats like this today where, you know what, we say stuff and then we either counter-argue it or we uh, agree with one another. See, this is what I'm scared of, Griff, because I know Rick enough to where if I say something on here, no. if I keep coming on, I keep saying this stuff. Next season, he's gonna link this, all these videos, and say, "Remember when you said this?" So I'm, I'm very, I'm very hesitant, but I love you, Griff. I no. love you, Rick. 
I will be on whenever you want me. Uh, I, okay. Cool. I love Bobby, and I will never do that to Bobby. It is just on this topic that we have spent eight years arguing about, <laughs> and just that topic alone. Much love. It will not be like that. Foles, right. Super Bowl champion. That's all I'll say. All right. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> He likes to throw a punch and then go, please leave me alone. Please okay, leave bye. me alone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Episode 62, the big game. We got a lot of stuff in. Like I said before, Bobby and Big Round, it was a blast having you guys on. Um, once again, thanks for everyone who joined our YouTube live stream. There'll be more and more of these in the off season. And for anyway, guys, uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio now. Just got added on the iHeartRadio as of Tuesday. So thank you once again to everybody for listening and enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks. Awesome. Peace. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.